0: Welcome to Word of Life Church in Carlsbad, New Mexico. Thank you for joining us as we listen to another message from Pastor Daniel Shirley. Well, I'm excited today about the word that the Lord's given me to share with you. And uh, as I sat down the other morning and I began to, you know, I, I was, it was early, I was sitting around the house had gotten up and and built a fire in the fireplace. I was sitting there in front of the fire just meditating on the word and reading some scriptures and just going over it and and the Spirit of God just began to pour some things into me that uh, that I want to share with you today. And um, You know, I I just one of the things that we have been doing for several years now is we have been renewing our minds we have been changing the way we think about things and uh, you know i I grew up i turned sixty years old in a couple of days and that's how long I've been in church, 60 years. There's never been a point in my life when I haven't gone to church, when I haven't been a, a part of a church. Uh, you know, I don't know. I, I would I would guess that I probably went to church within a couple of weeks after I was born. And uh, I I don't know exactly, but that would be my, uh, you know, just knowing knowing my parents. The way that I did, I would I would assume that I probably did within a couple of weeks after I was born, and I've been in church ever since. And uh, you know, and and when you've done something for that long, and it's become that much a part of your life, there are there are some uh, some things that become very deep rooted in your life, and some some uh, thought patterns and, and ways of, uh, of of viewing things, and viewpoints that become very deep rooted in your life. And so, when change begins to happen, sometimes it's it's, it's a challenge that you got to root out some of the uh, some of the old ways of thinking and. Uh, you know, this, this last week, uh, my good friend Fred Padilla came by to see me. And uh, we sat in my office and visited for, for quite some time. And uh, he was talking about how that the Lord taught the Apostle Paul the gospel of grace. And that he went and he spent, uh, I believe it was three years in the Arabian Desert and how that the Lord taught him this mystery of the, of the gospel. And he said he asked the Lord, what Fred said he asked the Lord one time, said, you know, why didn't you just teach it to him just instantly? You know, and just communicate this in his spirit just instantly. And he said uh, that, that he just heard the Lord saying, well, maybe it was because he had to get some of the old ways of thinking rooted out. And, uh, you know, the Apostle Paul was the Jew of all Jews. You know, he was one of the most highly educated men in the Jewish uh, system of doing things and system of or way of thinking. And, uh, you know, and, and I know that all of us we have things that have been deep-rooted in our lives that have been there for a long long time and when god begins to reveal new new truth to us we it it takes some time for us to get the old way of thinking rooted out you know and it's been about seven years ago now that the spirit of god spoke to me out in the desert uh, not the arabian desert but in the dark canyon desert uh, as i was out there just walking and praying one day and the Spirit of God spoke to me and He said, I want you to teach more grace this year. And so, you know, I began... At, that was really the, the starting point where I really began to learn the gospel of grace. And so seven years later, I'm still finding myself uh, from time to time. I catch myself that, that some of the old traditional way of thinking that I had so deeply rooted in my life uh, I, I find I'll say something and I think, wait a minute, that's not consistent with what the Lord's been teaching me. And so, one thing at a time, we're rooting those things out. And uh, you know, and, and I know that the those of you who have been sitting here through this process, and uh, some of you have come in in the middle of this process, I want to challenge you to let the Holy Spirit root out some of the old way of thinking. Praise God. And then, then make this decision. The Apostle Paul said to the the Galatian church, he said, you know, I am, um, and I, I'm going to uh, paraphrase this, but he said, I am amazed that you have departed from the grace so quickly that you have returned back to uh the old way of thinking and the old way of doing. And uh he, he said, somebody has bewitched you. Now what what does that mean? Somebody's bewitched you. And though that's that's Paul's word there. Somebody has bewitched you. Who has bewitched you? And uh you know the or cast a uh, and that, that word almost refers to a a, a, a witchcraft spell. Who, who has cast this spell on you that you would depart from the truth and go back under the yoke of bondage where which Christ has made you free? He says, do not be entangled again with the yoke of bondage where which Christ has made you free. Don't return once Christ has set you free. Don't go back where you were. Stand fast in the liberty, he says, wherewith Christ has made you free. Now, if you don't know it, that's one thing. If you haven't learned it, but if you've learned it and then departed from it, well, maybe you need to learn it a little better. Praise God. And we are in the process of renewing our minds so that we are thinking differently about things. Praise God. So that we are not inconsistent with the gospel of grace. Now, we began talking, in fact, our, our message today is uh, Gospel 2018, or I, I just was simply calling it Gospel 18. Uh, and the reason that I was is because we started off with this passage of scripture from Romans, the 10th chapter. He says, But I say, have they not heard? Yes, indeed, their sound has gone out to all the earth, and their words to the ends of the world now that's that's Romans ten verse eighteen and and so eighteen there refers to not only is it the year two thousand and eighteen but it also refers to the eighteenth verse of romans chapter uh, chapter ten and you see what i wanted to wanted you to understand from this is that Jesus wants this gospel spread throughout the whole earth. He said, have they not, uh, has their sound not gone out to all the earth and their words to the ends of the world? Praise God. So he wants this message, this gospel, to go to the ends of the earth. Praise God. Now... um, In in Romans chapter 1, you know, I began sharing with you last week about how that you are all, every single one of you, if you missed it, go back and hear it again. Go back online and find it and listen to it. You need to hear it. But every single one of you are are called and qualified to be a preacher of the gospel. Praise God. I didn't say you were all called to stand on the platform and preach. But you are all called to preach. You are all called to proclaim the good news. Praise God. And so today we're going to really start talking about what this message is that we've got to share. This message that we need to be proclaiming. Praise God. And so notice in Romans chapter 1 verse number 16. The Apostle Paul says this. Let's, let's break this down. This, this is a power packed Passage of Scripture right here. Romans one sixteen. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Let's pause right there for just a moment and underline. If you're in a if you're in a print Bible, underline that. You know, if you underline it with a sharpie on your tablet screen, then somehow that's not going to work. But um, you know, but if you're using a print version, just underline that right there. It's okay to write in your Bible. Praise God. Or if you're using electronic version, highlight it or whatever you need to do to draw your attention to it next time you read it. Praise God. And, and notice this I am not ashamed of the gospel, the words of Christ. There are no insignificant details in the scripture. Every single word, every single detail in the scripture, the Bible tells us that all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine for reproof for correction for instruction in righteousness. Praise God. All scripture and every single detail of that scripture. So I want you to notice what he did not say. He didn't say the gospel of Jesus. Now, I want, uh, I want to just throw that out there right now so that you can just hang on to that because we're going to get there and we're going to explain exactly what I mean by that. He didn't say the gospel of Jesus. He said the gospel of Christ. Now, let's go on. He says, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ for it is the power of God. What is the power of God? The gospel of Christ. The gospel of Christ is the power of Of God, you know. I've been, like I said, I've been in church for sixty years, and and uh, I've been around a lot of people that you know seem they they wanted to have the power of God operating in their life. Anybody want to have the power of God operating in your life? Praise God! Now notice what he said here: the gospel of Christ is the power of God. So if you want, here's here's a key, if you want the power of God operating in your life, then you have to get the gospel of Christ operating in your life. Now, I'm throwing out some pieces here, but we're going to sweep these all up together and we're going to make something out of it here in a minute. We're working that way. So remember, the gospel of Christ is the power of God. And if you want the power of God operating in your life, you've got to get a hold of the gospel of Christ. Praise God. It is the power of God to what? Salvation. It is the power of God to salvation. Now, if you've listened to me uh, teach for very long then you have heard me say something about the, the word salvation and that it means more than just being forgiven of our sins. It means much more than just the forgiveness of our sins. In fact, I call this word salvation. It is the Greek word soteria and it means uh, or it refers to everything that was accomplished by Christ in his work on the cross. Praise God. In His death, burial, and resurrection. In fact, I call it the all-inclusive word of the gospel. Because it includes every single thing that the gospel means to us. It includes every single thing that Jesus' work meant to us. Praise God. Did His work mean healing for your body? Absolutely. Then we could say that the gospel of Christ is the power of God unto healing. Did the work of Christ include provision for your material needs? Yes, it did. And so, therefore, we could say that the gospel is the power of God unto provision for your material needs. How many believe that that Jesus became wisdom for you? Scripture says He did. Hallelujah. So, if He became wisdom for you, then that was included in his work. So we would then say that the gospel of Christ is the power of God unto wisdom. Anybody ever have a time in your life when you just don't know what to do? You find yourself in a position and a place when things are coming against you and you don't know what to do. Well, here's where you call on the wisdom of God that was made available to you in Christ and is available. Through the gospel. Praise God. So get this. It is the power of God unto salvation for everyone. But he didn't put a period after everyone. He says for everyone who believes. So, how do you tap into this salvation? How do you tap into what the gospel is making available to you? How do you tap into that? You believe it. You believe it. It is the power of God unto salvation for everyone who believes. Praise God. Praise God. You know how many remember the story of Paul and Silas how that they were in a Philippian jail and the Lord caused an earthquake that shook their chains and their and their stocks loose praise God and the jailer thought that the prisoners had all escaped so he's getting ready to kill himself and Paul and Silas you know, they, they speak up and they say, don't do yourself any harm for we're all still here. And then the Philippian jailer, begins, he, he asks this question. He says, sir, what must I do to be saved? And if you, in that passage of Scripture, it occurred to me one day that they never told him what to do. They told him what to believe. They said, believe on the Lord Jesus and you will be saved and your house. Praise God. So they didn't tell him this is what you need to do to be saved. They told him what to believe to be saved. I mean, I know there's a difference in believing and doing. Praise God. We believe unto salvation. Romans chapter 10 verses 9 and 10. You know, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Praise God. So here Paul says that the gospel is the power of God unto salvation for everyone who believes. And then he says, For the Jew first, and also for the Greek And then he goes here and he tells us how we can know if it's the gospel of Christ. He says, For in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. Notice he says, In it the righteousness of God is revealed. So in other words, if you don't hear the righteousness of God revealed in it, it's not the gospel of Christ. Praise God. It's not the gospel of Christ. And last week we talked about that there are a lot of things that are being preached and called gospel that are not gospel because they don't include any good news. If if it doesn't reveal the righteousness of God... Which is the good news. If it doesn't reveal the righteousness of God, it's not the gospel. I didn't say it's not the truth. You see, it is the truth that a man who dies without Christ will spend eternity in hell. That's the truth. But how many know that's not good news? The good news is that he doesn't have to. Praise God. In it, the righteousness of God is revealed. If it doesn't tell him how he can avoid spending eternity in hell, you haven't preached the gospel of Christ. Praise God. So it must reveal the righteousness of God. What is the righteousness of God? He says, in it, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. Just as it is written, the just shall live by faith. The just shall live by faith. Now, let me, let me uh, uh, elaborate on that just a little bit. The just shall live by faith. So when we have faith in Christ and in His work on the cross and what He did, it will cause you to Live. Bible says we were dead in trespasses and sins, but He has made us alive. So when we believe upon the Lord Jesus Christ, we pass from death to life so we could say, "The just shall live." Why? Because of their faith in what? Very specifically, their faith in Christ. Not just faith in general, it is faith in Christ and what He has done. Praise God. It's not faith in my good works, it's not faith in my merit, it's not faith in my, my uh, talents, it's not faith in, 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 in anything I do, it is faith in Christ. And let me add this, what He has already done. Not what He's going to do, but what He has already done. I believe what He has already done, and I put all of my trust, all of my faith, all of my confidence on what He has done. Nothing else needs to be done except that I need to believe it. Praise God. Praise God. The just shall live by faith. Now, not only does it cause a dead man who was dead in trespasses and sin, not only does it cause that dead man to live, to be be made alive in Christ, but also the just, this word just is from justified, you have been justified, praise God. You are justified because of what Jesus did, not because of what you did. So you don't have to justify anything you did. In fact, you're better off to not even try. Because you're not justified in what you did. He is justified in what He did. And you are justified in what He did. Praise God. You are justified before God because of what Jesus did. So he says, the just shall live How? The same way he was made alive. In other words, you were made alive because you believed upon the Lord Jesus. Now, your life, this is not just how you became alive, how you were raised from the dead spiritually. It's not just how... You know, you passed from death to life, but it is how you live. It is your lifestyle now. Praise God. The just were made alive by faith, but now the just, having been made alive in Christ, now live by that same faith and by that that same work of the Lord Jesus Christ. Praise God. So it's it's more than... I got saved. It is, I am saved. I am continually saved, praise God, because of what Jesus did. Hallelujah. You see, when it comes to... uh, how, how do we deal with things that happen in our life? We all run into challenges in our life from time to time. Every single one of us do. There's no exceptions to that. We run into challenges in life even after we accept Jesus as our Savior. But when we run into those challenges, when we face those challenges—be they financial challenges, be they health challenges, be they uh, relationship challenges, be their parenting challenges, be there—you know—all of the different challenges that we run into and we face in life, how do we deal with those challenges in the same way that we were made alive by believing? ...on the Lord Jesus Christ and what He has done. If I find sickness and disease coming against my body, how am I to deal with... (laughs) ...how am I to deal with that health challenge? I am to believe... On the Lord Jesus Christ and what He has done. You see, because here's what He did. He provided healing for my body. He bore my sickness and carried my pain. So therefore, I don't have to. I believe that. And as I believe that, not only did I pass from death to life, but now I can pass from sickness to health. In the very same way, if my bank account needs a little work... Praise God. If my bank account is, is, is a challenge to me, how do I take care of that? How do I deal with that? I, well, I mean, sure, there's the, there's the physical side of that. You need to get a job, go to work. But, uh, but you know, there, I, I found out one thing. It doesn't matter how much money I make, I could always spend more. Why is that? Because I've always got things to do. Hallelujah. I've always got things to do. I've always got... And and I'm not talking about a new boat to buy or a new house to buy or a new this to buy or a new that to buy. But I'm talking about... You know, uh, I've got gospel to spread. And it costs money to spread gospel. And so because of that, I can always... Always, and and, and furthermore, I I can always find somebody else to help spread the gospel. You know, I I know plenty of people that that I could help them a lot with some money. Praise God. I could help them get the gospel out. Praise God. And so, uh, you know, there will never come a time, there will never be a, a point in time when I don't... I wouldn't know what to people say. Well, they got more money, than they know what to do with. Well, it doesn't matter how much money I have; I'll know what to do with it. Praise God. Praise God. And so, how do I take care of a financial situation in my life? I believe that he was—he became poor so that I, through his poverty, might become rich. I believe that, and because I believe that, my faith in. Christ in what He has done. Praise God. That's how I face every single challenge in life. No matter what it is, no matter what I'm coming up against, I face it the same way because the just shall live by faith. Not just be made alive by faith, but shall live by faith. And I'm not talking about faith in my faith. I'm not talking about believing, well, I've got great faith, so because of my great faith, then I can do, you know. No, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm just talking about, I'm talking about faith in Jesus Christ, not faith in my faith. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, <clears throat> We say this, if it doesn't reveal the righteousness of God, which is by faith in Jesus Christ. If it doesn't reveal the righteousness of God, righteousness by faith in Jesus, then it is not the gospel of Christ. Praise God. Praise God. Many people are preaching a message of all the things you need to do. All the work you need to do. And they are ignoring the work that Jesus already did. Now, the gospel of Christ is the power of God. Notice what Paul said in verse 16. I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. And remember, I had you underline that word, those words of Christ there. And it, that he did not say the gospel of Jesus. He said the gospel of Christ. How many know that Christ is not Jesus' middle name? Christ really means this, the anointed, the anointed one. And so when he is saying, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, he is saying, I am not ashamed of the good news of the anointing. The anointed and the anointing. Praise God. Praise God. Now, hang with me real close here because you're going to understand this in just a moment. In just a moment. The gospel of Jesus would be this. It would be the good news of all the work that Jesus did when he walked on this earth IN A PHYSICAL BODY, HE WALKED ON THIS EARTH, HE PERFORMED MIRACLES, HE PERFORMED HEALINGS, HE RAISED THE DEAD, HE CLEANSED THE LEPERS, HE OPENED BLIND EYES, HE WALKED ON WATER, HE FED THE MULTITUDES, HE DID ALL OF THESE KINDS OF THINGS AND THOSE ARE WONDERFUL THINGS AND WE NEED TO KNOW THAT HE DID THOSE THINGS, BUT, there's some, if that's all you know is all the things that Jesus did that are recorded in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and all you know is what He did, here's what you're going to have. See, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word. Now it goes on and says the Word of Christ, and we're going to talk about that in just a moment too. But, uh, but let, let's, just, let's just pause here before we get to that. Let's just say... That, uh, you know, if, if all we do is we believe because we have heard the word of what he did in his earthly ministry. We have heard that Jesus opened blind eyes, that he healed lepers, caused the lame to walk. If we heard all of these things, what we're going to have faith in, faith is going to come, but faith is going to be in what you heard. Does that make sense? Your your faith is going to be in what you heard. So if all you hear is what He did in His earthly ministry, you're going to have great faith that Jesus is the miracle man. Jesus is a miracle worker. You need to know that Jesus worked miracles. You need to know that. But... You need to know more than that. You need to know that now we are the body of Christ. See, the Bible says this. how In Acts chapter 10, verse number 38, Peter stood up and began to preach at Cornelius' house. And he said this. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil for God was with him. But how many... if, If that's all you know is what Jesus did, what you will be missing is the fact that Christ is in you. The anointing is in you. God anointed Jesus of Nazareth. That's why Jesus went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil because God anointed him. But the apostle John wrote this, but now you have an anointing. The same Spirit that raised up Christ from the dead now dwells in you. What was the, who was the Spirit that raised up Christ from the dead? The Holy Spirit raised up Christ from the dead and now you have the Holy Spirit resident on the inside of you. If all you hear is about the miracles that Jesus did during a, a, a three-year ministry block praise God, you're going to believe that Jesus is a great miracle worker and when you have a need, you're going to be trying to get Jesus to come or wishing Jesus could come and and, and work a miracle for you. But guess what? Jesus is coming back and it could be today, but that's not what he's coming back for. Why? Why is He not coming? Jesus will never show up to heal your body. Because He already did. He didn't need to show up to heal your body again. Jesus is never going to show up to multiply loaves and fishes so you can have food on your table. He already showed up to provide for your material needs. Jesus is never going to show up to do those kinds of things, to to work a miracle in your life because he already showed up, he already finished the work and he ascended back to the right hand of the Father where he sat down, meaning he was finished, praise God. And he sent the Holy Spirit in his place to move on the inside of you the very same Holy Spirit that empowered him to do all the miracles. Is resident on the inside of you. This is why Paul says, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ the gospel of the anointed and the anointing that goes along with that that is now resident on the inside of you. Praise God. Hallelujah. The just shall live by faith. Now get this. Colossians chapter 1, verse number 27, he says, To them God willed to make known what are the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. It is not Jesus walking the shores of Galilee, anointed of the Holy Spirit 2,000 years ago, that is the hope of glory. That's already done. That that is already done. Finished. He already did everything He was going to do. He already went back to heaven. He already sent the Holy Spirit to move on the inside of you. So now the the hope of glory for you is not 2,000 years ago. The hope of glory for you is resident on the inside of you right now where you're sitting right here. Praise God. Praise God. Christ in you. The hope of glory. Hallelujah. 1 Corinthians chapter 2 verse number 7. Amplified Bible. It says this. But we speak God's wisdom in a mystery. The wisdom which once hidden from man. Once hidden. Get that. It's not hidden anymore. The Lord works in mysterious ways. Not anymore. Not anymore. If you ever say that, stop. Because he's not working in mysterious ways anymore. He already worked in a mysterious way, but now it's not a mystery anymore. He's, because notice what he said. We speak the wisdom of God in a mystery. The wisdom once hidden from man, but now revealed. So once something is revealed... You got to be willfully ignorant for it to still be a, a mystery. Isn't that right? You know, I mean, I've I, I shared this story. It's a little funny sometimes, but I, I keep it keeps coming back to me in various ways. But years ago, when we first moved into this building, the configuration here was a little bit different, and we had a, 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 a short. Wall that right about where that crown molding is on that wall right there that was the top of the wall and it came across there and the wall went down and then it came over and there was a little thing that came out this way and you walked around and all into the back room back there and uh, a lot of times um, the um, you know when, it, when it's dark in here it's dark I mean it's really dark. And I used to walk around in this building, you know, with the lights off. I'd be going back here to do something in the, in the back. Well, I didn't turn on every light on the way. I just walked through the room in the dark. And one day, we had, we had a, uh, a wall up back here. And you there's a classroom back in that corner. And you come out of that classroom into, uh, like I said, and walk around this, this little wall, this maze almost. To get into the sanctuary, and I came out of that classroom one day, and somebody had put a table where I didn't know they had put it, and so it's it's dark, and I walk around the corner, and this table was uh, was I think we actually still have the table in the classroom back there or something, but it's it's about this high. It's for for kids, you know, little little kids in their class, and so I walked out of that room and I hit that table right about here. And when I did, I just went and just laid over right on top of that table because I couldn't see it. It was a mystery that it was there. It's a mystery to me how it got there, but it was there. But if I had turned the lights on, the mystery would have been revealed And I I, I would, you see, and here's the thing the wisdom of God was a mystery. The Apostle Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians, uh, uh, the second chapter, he tells us that it was hidden from the rulers of this age, the rulers of the darkness of this age. And he said, For had they known, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. So there was a reason why God hid it. He gave, he, 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 all through the Old Testament once the light has been turned on you can see the mystery all the way through the Old Testament. Once the light's been turned on. But up until that time you see get this, the devil can understand what you can understand. If God had Given, I mean, if he had just plainly spelled out what was going to happen. The Bible says that the princes of the powers of the darkness of this world, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. If they had known what was going to happen by crucifying Jesus, they wouldn't have done it. And if they hadn't done it, then the plan of God would have been ruined, would have failed. So he wrote and gave us, the scriptures in the Old Testament in a mystery so that it could not be understood by the rulers of this world's darkness. But now Jesus has already gone to the cross. It's too late to not do what you already did, right? Some of you have done some things that you think, I wish I could undo what I did. Well, you can't undo it. It's already done. Now, you can can deal with it from here on out, but you can't not do what you already did. Jesus has already been crucified, so now it doesn't matter that the light's turned on. Now it doesn't matter. In fact, let's notice what he said here. He said... That this wisdom was hidden from man, but now revealed to us by God that wisdom which God predestined before the ages for our glory to lift us into the glory of His presence. So notice this. Here is what revelation is supposed to do. When something is revealed to you, Revelation is supposed to lift you. Hallelujah. Revelation is supposed to lift you. So when you get this revelation of what I'm talking about, Christ in you, when you get that revelation, when you really start to understand the gospel, it will lift you. Praise God. It will lift you from the place where you are living right now. It will lift you from the place where you've been running, you know, your life has been running along down here when God wants you to be living up here. But when you get the revelation of Christ in you, it will lift you. Praise God. Praise God. Yet what many people are preaching and calling gospel is not lifting anybody. It's actually kicking people down. If I'm going to church and hearing how worthless I am, that's not lifting me. That's, that's tearing me down. Why? Because I start to believe it. I start to believe that I'm no good. I'm starting to believe that God doesn't care anything about me. I'm starting to believe that He's way off out there in the distance somewhere and He doesn't want to interact with my life in any way at all. I'm starting to believe that, that I'm just a worthless piece of junk that never could succeed. I couldn't do anything to please God. I, I, I begin to believe that I have no power to overcome sin. I begin to believe I have no power to receive healing from my body. I begin to re- see myself as powerless and, and, and to live as powerless. And so every time I am hearing that, it's tearing me down, 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 down. But the revelation of the gospel of Christ is designed to lift me. Hallelujah. So I want to lift you today. So I'm going to share some gospel of Christ with you. Hallelujah. That will lift you into the glory of His presence. Praise God. Praise God. Mystery revealed, Ephesians chapter uh, 3, verse number 9, get this. And to make all see what is the fellowship of the mystery. Now notice he used the word fellowship. He wants us to see the fellowship of the mystery. The fellowship, how many know that fellowship requires more than one person? So who are the people involved in this fellowship? Christ. But he said, I want you to come into this fellowship as well. Hallelujah. I want you to come and be a partaker of this fellowship. He said, and to make make all see what is the fellowship of the mystery. He wants you to know that you have have been called into fellowship in this mystery. The mystery that's now been revealed. Then he goes on, which from the beginning of the ages has been hidden in God who created all things through through Jesus Christ. Verse 10. To the intent that now... See, See... But that now indicates that something has changed. He says, to the intent that now... What changed here? That now the manifold wisdom of God might be made known. In other words, it doesn't need to be a mystery anymore. He wants it to be made known. He is not working in mysterious ways anymore... That it might be made known by the church. Whoa, who's supposed to make it known? The church is supposed to make it known. How can the church make something known that the church don't know? That's why we got to learn this. So we can make it known. Hallelujah. That it might be made known... By the church to who? Principalities and powers in heavenly places. Now, there was a time when it was hidden from principalities and powers. That's the devil. The rulers of the darkness of this age, as we talked about, had they known, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But see, there's no reason to keep it a mystery anymore. He says that it might be made known by the church to the principalities and powers. Because God, now, He's okay. God's cool with the devil knowing now. Now, what's He saying there? He said, when you stand up and you live like Christ in you. When you walk in your life, when you conduct your life in such a way that it reveals Christ in you. Do you you understand this? That when you get a revelation of Christ in you, it will change your life and there ain't nothing the devil can do about it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There is absolutely not a single thing he can do about it. Do you realize the devil can't keep you sick? Do you realize the devil can't keep you poor? Do you realize the devil can't keep you always in a mess of turmoil and chaos in your life? Once you get a hold of the fact that Christ in you is the hope of glory, not Christ 2,000 years ago. He's not the hope of glory. Christ in you is the hope of glory. And if Jesus, all he ever did was come to this earth and walk around and perform some miracles and some healings and and then he he dies on the cross and then he rises from the dead and then he goes back to heaven, but he didn't send the Holy Spirit to dwell in you, this is why Jesus said it's good for you that I go away because if I don't go away, the Comforter will not come and if he don't come, then Christ is not going to be in you and if Christ is not in you, there is no hope for your glory. But when Christ dwells in you, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Get this. Now you can make it known. And he don't even care if you tell the devil why you're happy. He doesn't even care if you tell the devil why you're successful. He doesn't even care if you tell the devil why you're healed. He doesn't even care if you tell the devil why you're prosperous. He doesn't care if you tell the devil why you have fellowship with God, why you're accepted to come into the very throne room of Almighty God. He doesn't care if the devil knows you can tell him all you want to. Praise God. Because it's too late. He already did it. Praise God. In John chapter 14, verse number 12, Jesus introduces the gospel of Christ. Here's what he says. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these he will do. Why? Because I go to the Father. He didn't go to the Father because He was tired of this place and just wanted to go on home. You know, I know a lot of people, they get... you know, I've seen a lot of people that have passed from this life, and I'm not being critical of any of them, you know, but I've seen a lot of people pass from this life because they got tired of this life. That's not why Jesus went back to the Father. He didn't go back to the Father because, well, the Roman government was you know and the, and, and the religious leaders of the day well they were giving him a hard time and he was just tired of this life down here and so he went on back to the no that's not why Jesus went back to the Father he went back to the Father because it's good for you that I go away because if I don't go away the comforter won't come hallelujah Jesus went back to the Father so the Christ in you the anointing in you could take place praise God the Gospel of Jesus is the good news of His life and the wonderful things that he did in his earthly ministry, but the Gospel of Christ is Christ in you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, Second Timothy chapter 1 uh, three, verse number one. The Apostle Paul writes this to Timothy. He says, "But know this that in the last days perilous times will come. For men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderers, without self-control, brutal, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, deliverers of uh, uh, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God." And then notice verse five. ...having a form of godliness, but denying its power. What is the power he's talking about? You know, the circles I grew up in, we used to say this. We would say, well, the power of God, well, that's the Holy Spirit. You know, He's, he's coming. And, and if if you haven't received the baptism of the Holy Spirit and speak with tongues, then you haven't received any power you know and, and and uh and so what we actually did you know this th- this is this was our mentality at that time. We were using this scripture to say why we ought to stay away from the Baptist and the Methodists and the you know the people that didn't believe in speaking with tongues. That was how we thought. I thought that for a long, long time, and then it occurred to me one day. Where does it ever say that? It says they have a form of godliness but deny the power thereof. And we started off today talking about what the power is. What's the power? The power is the gospel of Christ. And the gospel of Christ reveals the righteousness of God. And the righteousness of God is not faith in my works and my ability but the gospel or the the righteousness of God is faith in Jesus Christ and him alone let me let me emphasize that Christ alone not Christ plus anything else See, we believed, yeah, you need to accept Jesus Christ, but then you need to start doing all these good things, and you need to start obeying all the rules, and you need to do this. And so it was Christ plus something. But he's saying the righteousness of God is faith in Christ alone. What Jesus did was enough to take care of the sin problem I had. What Jesus did was enough to take care of the sin problem that you have or had. It was enough. It was enough. It's not Christ plus anything. That's the righteousness of God. You see, the Jew, they thought they would be righteous by keeping the law. But the Bible tells us clearly that that no man by works of the law is justified. No flesh is justified by works of the law. This was the mystery, and he's saying that those who have a form of godliness, they think that because they are obeying all of the commandments that or or you know they're they're really not in fact, we could show that, but they're really not keeping all the commandments but but they think they are and and that that uh, but but even that. The righteousness of God is not about that. The righteousness of God is about that you accept what Jesus did on your behalf. Praise God. In it, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. For the just shall live by faith in what Jesus has done. Praise God. Praise God. Romans 10, 17. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. That's New King James. But listen to this out of the New American Standard. So faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of Christ. Didn't say the word of God. Said the word of Christ. And we said Christ means anointing. So he says, and, and, and where is Christ in you? Praise God. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of Christ in you, the hope of glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. See, hearing miracles, hearing of Jesus' miracles causes faith in Jesus, the miracle worker. Knowing the scriptures of Christ in you causes faith that you can do the works. Jesus said, because I go to the Father, He says, the works I do, you will do also. But you've got to know it's Christ in you. It's not that Jesus did it 2,000 years ago. It's that Christ is in you. Hallelujah. Do You get that? It, it, it is 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 something exploding on the inside of you it ought to be it ought to be there 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 should be a explosion of divine energy on the inside of you to empower you to rise up and li- this this is what god had in mind hallelujah this is what he had in mind. God didn't have this in mind that, that Jesus would come and die on a cross and then uh, that God, God could say, okay, uh, you know, now I want you to, to worship Jesus. Yes, we should worship Jesus. Absolutely, we should worship Jesus. And, and, and don't, don't misunderstand what I'm saying here. You absolutely should be a worshiper of Jesus because it is because of what he did that you have any life at all. but it's not so we can put Jesus up on a pedestal or hang him up on the wall on the cross. Get this, he's not on the cross anymore. Hallelujah. He he is not there. He is not on that cross. He is in you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, if if Jesus hanging on a cross reminds you of what he did, that that's that's good. That's good that you're reminded. But what's more important that you be remind, or than you being reminded that he hung on a cross Is that you be reminded that He is in you. Hallelujah. Hanging on the cross is a finished work. Christ in you is a present day work. Praise God. He is in you. And He in you is the hope of glory. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. God. Hallelujah. Aren't you glad Christ is in you? I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. In me, the hope of glory. The gospel of Christ in you, the hope of glory. Let's get it. Let's get a hold of it. Let's begin to walk like He's in us. Hallelujah. Let's begin to live like He's in us. You say, well, I don't know if he's in me. Well, you can know here in just a moment. Praise God. Because I'm going to give you an opportunity right now. Right now. He will come and he will make his home in you. If you just open the door to him. How do you open the door to him? To everyone who what? Believes. Praise God. So right now, whether you're watching online or whether you're sitting here in this room, I want you to, I, I want you to pray this with me. And, and let's, let's verbalize what we believe, okay? If you believe that Jesus went to the cross, paid for all of your sins, that He left none of them unpaid for, he paid for all of them. He went to the cross, and then He died, and He rose again from the dead. And then He ascended back to heaven, and He sent the Holy Spirit to dwell on the inside of you. If you believe that right now, praise God, I, I, want, you to, I want you to say this with me. And if you say this according to God's Word, according to Romans 10, verses 9 and 10, which we quoted earlier today, you will be saved. Hallelujah. You've heard the gospel this morning. There is not a person in this room can say, I've never heard the gospel. You heard the gospel this morning. The gospel of Christ. Praise God. So here's what I want you to do. I I want us all to say this together. If you're watching online, you, you pray this along with us as well. Say, God in heaven, I thank you that you sent your son Jesus to die on a cross for me. That He paid for all of my sins. And then He rose from the dead. So I could have new life. Today, I believe that. I announce with my mouth that I believe that. And I choose Jesus today. I choose to put my trust, my faith in Jesus. In what He has done. And I thank you that because I believe, Christ now is in me. And because he is in me, I have hope of glory. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. I couldn't save myself, but you saved me. Thank you for joining us today. If you would like more information about Word of Life Church, please visit us on the web at wolcarlsbad.com. Thank you and have a great week.